Welcome into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network, where every single day, if it's a big deal to the Big Blue Nation, it's a big deal to us. So, I am Jay Kyle Mann. I am a video producer for TheRinger.com, and I am joined always and uh, forever by... <laughs> Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. Yeah. Yeah. What's so funny about that, chump? What are you laughing at? Always and forever. I mean, people know you're, you're, not, you're not, not long for this world. I mean, we may be down to our last what if couple. something happens to me? You're going to regret that phraseology. You'd be like, why did I not, say that? Not long for this world. Well, I guess I'll be right. I'll go on Twitter and brag about how good I am at predicting things. Predicting um, my death. Wow, this got really creepy. Not on so Halloween, good at, too. Not so good at the sports predictions, but I nailed Jake Kyle Man getting hit by that bus. Um, <laughs> good Lord. This got <laughs> super dark. So. You, are, you are getting close to the end. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> of, of your run as the co-host of this podcast not your life uh, by Holy the way crap with four minutes to go as i'm recording this you'll know this by the time you wake up but james harden is at 51 and counting yeah he got tonight. it going a little bit tonight he'd uh, he'd been a little sporadic a lot of turnovers a lot of missed shots trying to what get happens it. when you play with russell westbrook but that is not even close to the most interesting thing happening in the NBA tonight. No, let's just get going with it. So tonight, uh, I think I was thinking I was texting you, but I think I was uh, messaging with one of my other buddies uh, about Carl. We were just talking about how he had it going. And I said, I think that uh, Joel is because we were both excited about that game. And I was like, I just have a feeling that Joel Embiid is going to try to deflate Carl's balloon tonight. Like, uh, yeah. And he did. Yeah. Well, I mean, sort, sort of, of. I, yeah, I actually think what happened tonight may, you know, who knows, but may have been a huge moment in Carl's career in a positive way. Um, because Carl has been bullied before successfully by a teammate <laughs> and others. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Joel Embiid has bullied him before and has bragged about it. Um, you know, and everybody was trying to get Carl to talk about it going into this game, and that was that quote we talked about in the last episode where he, he said basically, like, I'm not here to make you money, I'm here to win games. Um, and so you knew Embiid was going to push his buttons, and apparently he did tonight. And Carl Towns snapped, and they legit fought. <laughs> uh, they were swinging at each other and had each other around the neck, and there's some, some still images out there of uh, Joel Embiid putting his thumb about one knuckle deep in Carl's eye. Yeah. Uh, which, if that happened to me, I'd be ready to rip your throat out. Uh, that's a that's a really dangerous thing to happen, obviously, um, to anybody, but it's certainly an athlete like Carl. Uh, and then the crazier thing was that Ben Simmons came along, and oppo- supposedly Simmons and Carl are buddies. Uh, and so maybe this was all just hey, I don't want you to get your, do something stupid. But he got Carl on the ground and had him basically in a chokehold. <laughs> uh, yeah, Carl was like really trying to get up. And I mean, Simmons yes. is no small dude. I mean, yeah, he was laying a, on, laying on Carl's shorter. back and had, a, had a, a forearm up under his throat. So What's that move uh, called where you have somebody's back and you pull up on their neck? What's that called? It's a, it's a wrestling move. I can't think what it's called anyway. But... Yeah, I, I couldn't tell. I can't tell how I feel about it. Like I'm with Embiid. I'm just like, it's a lot of chirping all the time. Yeah, I, f- I find it obnoxious. Of, yeah, it's I a find lot it of extracurricular kind of talking, and I'm like Embiid. 
I get. I guess where I where where it starts to annoy me is like if it's like somebody like Tony Allen who or Patrick Beverly, it's just like they have to do that to kind of to, to survive. Like they have right. to be that person. Joel could be. He's right there with Carl in terms. Of, he's not. He's as offensively talented as Carl, but he's a probably a better two way player. You know, one of the better you know defensive fives in the league, and it's like he could be. He like can be MVP a star on his own type yeah. guy, and I'm like. Why do you, why, why always this? Like it's all, and also like, I need, I need to see you get in like an insane shape, Joel Embiid yeah. and dominate. And it's just, it's a lot of this stuff all the time. And then Simmons, I think he's super immature. I, I think Embiid's just super, super immature. And like a lot of people love him and, you know, cause he, it, it, you know, the easy thing to do when a person is crazy is to be like, how great is this? I love it. But sometimes it's crazy is just crazy and it's not cool. Uh, yeah, and and you know, I think sometimes not always. I mean, there's a lot of fun stuff that Embiid does, but I think sometimes he crosses the line. Um, but I again, I think it was a big deal for Carl to just come up swinging. Um, totally, not to get punked. <laughs> and to that, I think he had to. I really yeah, think he had. He did to. have I don't, to. I don't know if I and we both. I retweeted it, and I saw you did too. David Thorpe, this guy that I really love, who's like a great basketball mind, a guy who's trained a lot of like the Florida players throughout the years. A lot of Florida Florida players that terrorize Kentucky, actually specifically, like, uh, and people should go follow him. He's a really smart basketball guy. But anyway, he was saying that he had a player. He's really connected, and he said he had a player tell him that Joel Embiid boasts all the time that he owns Carl. And, uh, I mean, I believe it. That sounds a hundred percent like something Joel would do, but he said it's such ubiquitous knowledge that so well known that if he knows it, that Carl knows that Joel says that too. So, you know, that's kind of hanging out there in the air before the game and, you know, Carl gets asked about it, but Joel tries to beef with every, and I'm not trying to turn this into a, an Embiid podcast, but as it pertains to Carl, I think it's important that Embiid just tries to pick at every Every center in the NBA, you know, he gets into it with Whiteside, and it's just it's just constant. I think you're right. I, I think I think Carl kind of had to do something. Like he couldn't. I don't know that this won him a bunch of cred, but uh, oh, I don't. I don't mean it was important for anybody else on the outside. I think it was important for Carl, like just to just to man up and do that. Um, yeah. And you know, if there's a knock on Carl, you know, there aren't many, but you could say, you could make an argument that he's a little soft. And when he is in like attack mode, uh, he's, I mean, he he physically, in terms of physical gifts, you know, it might be him and Anthony Davis. And that's the list, (laughs) you know, uh, certainly for big guys. Combination skill size. Yes. Yeah. I mean, LeBron, obviously, and some others, but size, size and skill, it's ridiculous. And, you know, there weren't, there weren't a lot of times that we saw him just try to, to, to dominate at, well, in his one year at Kentucky. But the one time I know for sure that he was out for, you know, I'm going to prove I'm the best player in the country and the best player on the floor tonight. And I'm going to put the team on the back, my back and just dominate this game was the North, the Notre Dame game. And he totally dominated that game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know. Well, they single covered him, didn't they? I'm pretty sure. Isn't that why he well, ended yeah, up going? Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it was that, uh, it was the matchup with the kid. Uh, Zach for, August. Uh, yeah. Um, Who had no chance. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was just, it was the, you know, throw it to Carl and get out of the way. Yeah. But um, we've talked and, and there's some bu- a lot of buzz that Carl can be an MVP level player now. 
And I think that's that's the thing that will have to get him there. He'll have to become a little bit more of an animal. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't know. You can easily you can, take you can easily put too much into something or take too much out of something like what happened tonight. But for a guy like Carl, who's kind of had a lot of moments like this and not answered that bill, I, I thought it was a big deal. The play is all that matters. That's all that matters. And if Carl if Carl stands up to him, that's all he's got to do. He doesn't have to kick Joel's ass or anything like that. I mean, David Robinson, very similar guy. Very, like, squeaky clean, like, Christian, well-spoken, like, just all-American type dude. Uh, and, you know, he won more than multiple one title. MVPs, yeah, multiple well, I, MVPs, I, multiple titles. One, I don't know if he... I don't know if Robinson ever actually won the MVP. He actually, won the I'm thinking of Duncan because I was looking at MVPs last night. Well, you know, Duncan didn't get into it with people, but people knew that Duncan was tough as shit too. But also, right. I think Robinson won the scoring title in like '94. Was that he, he was that like, the year he and uh, Shaq scored like 70 and 80 on the final day of the season? <laughs> yeah, Robinson hit 71. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I I think that uh, Carl he was an MVP in '95. Oh, was he? Okay. Uh, you know, all you got to do is stand up for yourself. You don't have to go out there and fight people. And, and I think uh, as long as Carl doesn't let it affect his play, what's it matter? You know? this, is a great, this is a great bio for David Robinson. Uh, NBA blocks leader in 92. NBA rebounding leader in 91. Scoring champion in 94. MVP in 95. And NBA sportsmanship award in 2001. <laughs> I mean, he's got 10-time All-Star, two-time champ. Uh, that's awesome. But he was a good sport. I <laughs> this have is a, a sportsman, sportsmanship award. I think they did away with that. Do they give that out anymore? Uh, probably. The NBA cares. People, they give out all kinds of stuff. I uh, there's, I have like a basketball card set in my office, and one time I was going through it looking at all the cards, and I had one of the cards that was in there was from like 1993, and it was David Robinson, and it said like "Say no to alcohol," and then on the back of it, it said like he's like I've had a lot of fun in my life, and uh, and I'm not mocking. You know, alcohol is a serious thing, but it was just very. Well, that's a very like that's a very straight straight edged thing to have a poster for. It by is. The, it's, by the it's way, okay, very, so yeah, so so the sportsmanship award still exists, and one player has won it three times since 2014. Can you guess who? Well, I know it's not Joel Embiid. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Gosh, no, I can't. I have Mike no idea. Conley. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, it's I funny though. That's funny, yeah. and and uh, Kimbo won it two years in a row. Um, you know what just dawned on me tonight? I don't know why I never thought about this. Kimbo Walker started wearing number eight for the Celtics, and I initially thought I was just like, hmm, going. With, which I think other people have worn it, but I was like. Going with Twan's number. I was going to say, wait, that's Antoine Walker, yeah. Well, and then it dawned on me, too. I was like, Walker, number eight. I was like, why didn't I think about that? Because I, 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 I had to see the jersey on him tonight to, for that to process. But So I just had that little uh, dumb moment. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's, let's take a break, and we'll come back, and we're going to talk about some more letters from home from a prominent uh, Kentucky player. You also won't be surprised that Grant Hill – is a three-time sportsmanship award winner. Oh God! Yeah. <laughs> like if I were going to create, if it was create a player for the uh, sportsmanship award, I'd probably 
probably go Grant Hill. I'm not uh, trying to get on this, but this is a total thing that goes <laughs> on the, in the basketball community. And Carl falls in that Grant Hill category where yeah. there's certain types of dudes who, and Carl got some grief for his parents. I don't know if you saw oh, this. Oh God, his, his mom was, were, I thought she was going airborne into the tunnel. Well, let me ask you this. Well, I was trying, I was bringing this up in our Slack at work. What do you, what do you think that, and nobody was with me on this. Would you, what would you want your parents to do? Would you want them to sit back like Tywin Lannister and just be like, no, I'd be totally, I would be, I'd be, I'd be all, I would be all about it if my dad was coming out of the stands. Yeah. I mean, if I'm worth, if I'm worth $160 million and the bully of the NBA sticks his thumb in my kid's eye, I'm, I'm coming out of the stands. Yeah, I don't. That, <laughs> I mean, there's a weird like credibility cares? thing there with that. Yeah, but it, but you do you do you do run the risk of being like known as like the goofball, like the not the goofball. What do you what do I want to say? Like the nerd of the NBA. That's what the, Carl you know, is. The, That's the, what he is. The the nerdy goody good. Uh, of the NBA, and that's so why he irritates people. And yeah. that's why Grant Hill irritated Jalen Rose back yeah, pe- in the early people 90s. People don't like it. Too perfect, you know. Um, yeah, it's, but but anyway, we, it all we, ties into the Duke thing too. Like the like that's why people hate Duke. Yeah. They're just like the clean cut, like privileged. Like there there there's a they're just which is probably a, which is probably a really wrong way to to view it like there's really nothing wrong with being a great basketball player who just like says it's the right nice thing guy. all the time you know shakes everybody's hand speaking of uh <laughs> yeah speaking sure. of uh of nerds who are really good at basketball uh Tyrese Maxey I've got uh, <laughs> he graduated in the top 5% of his high school class and is a super bright kid a super personable nice kid uh, and also a really good basketball player. I think the most talented player on this Kentucky roster. Uh, and he's he is the recipient of our latest letter from home. We're now four down out of five with just Khalil Whitney to go to cover all all the freshmen. Um, and and we got a mom in there. Uh, I try to get it. I try to do a balance of moms and dads. Um, but more dads have wanted to do it this year. Um, quoting Ty- you on those, quoting you on that one. So, uh. <laughs> um, but Tyrese's mom, uh, for one, I, I actually kind of did the, divided this up on purpose because I, I, I'm writing something later down the road about the value of growing up a coach's son, and so we'll deal with with dad soon. Uh, and it, you can tell, I mean, a lot you can just see a lot in in Tyrese's basketball education that is to do with. Growing up in a home where dad was a high-level player, he played for Kelvin Sampson at Washington State and coached in high school at a high level and then was on the SMU staff as well. Um, but I wanted to talk to mom for this because I wanted to get you know get a little sappy instead of uh, just focus on the basketball for these letters. It's kind of perfect for that. Um, and one of the cool things that came out of that um, maybe this is well known. Uh, I did see something come out today where Cal said he like went to visit um, uh, Tyrese Maxey while he was recruiting him, and he saw a picture Tyrese drew when he was in high school of him in a UK uniform, and he thought, <laughs> "Okay, we're going to get him." Um, <laughs> but along those lines, uh, his mom said that uh, and writes in this letter to him. Um, one of the things they always did to start every school year. And this, this is totally in the like nerdy cornball <laughs> stereotype, but I love it. It's really a really sweet family thing. They would gather 
before the first day of school every year, they would gather the family together and they would pray for all the kids. And then all the kids had to write their goals for the year uh, plainly on a piece of paper and then go put it somewhere they would see it every single day. Uh, and so Tyrese Maxey, uh, oh, wow. As I'm watching this, the Nationals just hit a two-run home run to take a lead uh, three to two in the seventh inning of the World Series, Game 7. Wow. Um, Title town. So by the time people wake up, I hope the Nationals won the World Series because the Astros are kind of a-holes, not not the players, just all that drama with the franchise. But uh, For sure. So, so you know, they have to – They every year, school year, they pray for the kids. They write their goals. Kids have to put them somewhere they can see them. And Tyrese wrote at the top of his list, she said, every year from freshman season on, um, I earn a scholarship from Kentucky. Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And he put it on his bathroom mirror, and he saw it every day. Um, and I guess for whatever reason, like starting way back in like middle school, maybe I guess even grade school, Tyrese just became a super, and I think his dad, big fans of John Calipari, even when he was at Memphis. And he kind of set it as a course once Calipari went to Kentucky. It was like, I want to go to Kentucky and play for Cal. Um, so they pretty much, they had that recruitment wrapped up before they even started it. Um, and it was pretty clear really early. You know, he may have, he, he considered reclassifying and being on last year's team. So That's what I was going to say. I, th- I thought I remembered that. Yeah. And he was, oh, I think he was open to it. I think they ended up reaching the conclusion they didn't need him to do that, and they needed him more this year. And I think they are very glad they, they very true did that. I mean, this this year's team would look a lot different. I mean, I think they'd be okay because I do think quickly he's going to be really good. Um, but anyway, I think Tyrese is going to be the best player on this team at some point. I don't maybe not right away, mm-hmm. but um, it's kind of cool talking to his mom just about kind of the little things that shaped his life and just what a overachiever he is. Again, he was graduated at the top of his class. Um, one of the stories she told was they always tried to push him as a kid. And so they, when he was in like fourth or fifth grade, they had him in summer school math class. First of all, what kind of parents make their kids go to school in the summer? <laughs> so that sounds awful. Uh, but they had him in a summer school math you class. You never had like, to go. I'd be surprised if you didn't have no, to go. I didn't have to go. Uh, I was uh, man. I was I was borderline genius. Um, <laughs> According to what species? Uh, I, was, I was in the gifted program. Come on, right. you can you can tell. I mean, just listen grifted. to the, yeah. <laughs> the the gifted program. Um, but they had him in, as a fourth or fifth grader in this summer math class with like sixth and seventh graders, and they would play these multiplication games, and he didn't know his mul- multiplication tables yet, and they would just crush him. And he was so competitive, he hated losing. He would come home, and there was some little, I guess, a robot that would like re- repeat the multiplication tables to you, uh, kind of quiz you on them. And he took this robot up in his room and just stayed up there till he learned them and went back to school and smoked all the older kids. So, um, <laughs> wow, <laughs> it's kind of kind of fun. I mean, he, he's he's uh, he's a really thoughtful kid. Um, seems by all accounts to be just a super nice kid and. Everybody wants to play with him. He was a guy that I think a lot of people gravitated to in recruiting. Um, yeah, they talk about he never stopped smiling, and that's sort of that really super positive personality. He was the kid who he started a, his own breakfast club in the s- sophomore year of high school, started going to the gym at 6 a.m. with teammates in high school, mm-hmm. and he was the guy who started that here this summer 
with and he and Emmanuel quickly have basically been the staples of that breakfast club. Those are the two guys that get up every single uh, free morning that they have where they're not practicing uh, and do that. So um, he's an important guy, and uh, hopefully reading reading about sort of the things that shaped him will crystallize that for some people. Yeah, everybody go read that on The Athletic and uh, check that out. Subscribe to them and support Kyle and all of his, uh, you know, frou-frou craft beer habits and things like that and (laughs) his love for Eddie Bauer pullovers. So we're going to take one more break and then we're going to talk a little bit more about Bam Adebayo, I believe, right? Yes, we are. So Bam Adebayo has... uh, Let me just come clean on something here. I... Did not expect Bam to be as good as he is. He I, he was one of those people. Did that anybody? I, I mean, well, as a pro, I don't know if anybody did. I whiffed pretty hard on him, though. I thought that he was just going to kind of be a run, jump, dunk type guy. But he's got so much more nuance to his game than I gave him credit for. Um, maybe it's just the way he was used. I don't know. Like, by the end of the year, that's basically what he was. Just sort of a drop step score type person. But uh, he's he's evolved into a really multifaceted, dynamic defender, really good player. Yeah, and and you know we we spent a lot of time on here uh, pimping my work, which I really appreciate. But uh, your uh, your place of employment, one of your colleagues and and I think good friends in the business, um, <laughs> had. Uh, had a pretty strong take, uh, Kevin O'Connor, who we both, uh, people who follow us on Twitter probably saw, we rushed to his defense, perhaps in, in haste. Oh, uh, man. When, when the guy... I dropped a bomb on the guy. I, ended up dele- <laughs> I deleted it. <laughs> I, dropped a, uh, I dropped an F-bomb on the guy. Uh, I, was like, I was like, that was a bit much. Yeah, I d- the, walked uh, it back. This media critic was, was kind of making fun of Kevin O'Connor's, uh, just his enthusiasm about covering the NBA because every now and then he'll just tweet like, this is awesome. I love basketball. I mean, it's obviously very rudimentary thoughts, uh, but it's, it's just him kind of emoting his enthusiasm. The guy loves his job and why wouldn't he write that is, the NBA for a living? I can, I can tell you in my limited time knowing Kevin is that is a hundred percent how he is. It is so sincere. He filmed something that, real quick. He filmed something for me for this video that we're working on right now. And uh, they sent me the clip and uh, just, just when he came on screen, I started laughing because I was, he's just one of those sincere people. Yes, like he is an earnest face. He does. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, continue. Yeah. But uh, he wrote a thing that was basically a handful of overreactions from, from week one of the NBA season. Uh, one of them is about Carl becoming uh, an MVP level player. But the one that really caught my eye is headlined uh, or subhead uh, Bam Adebayo is a defensive player of the year in the making, uh, which is strong. Um, and he says, yeah. he begins that with, I'm becoming an Adebayo fanboy. Uh, he can do no wrong on defense, equally capable of stonewall- stonewalling a bruising presence like Carl Anthony Town or sliding on the perimeter against a penetration attack, penetrating attacker like Giannis. I'm not even going to try to say his last name. I never have learned how it's, to say it. It's just Giannis. It's like a Y instead of a oh, yeah. Yeah. Giannis. Giannis Antetokounmpo. Airballed two free throws tonight. I was saying that was a good moment for the NBA. Yeah. <laughs> Giannis did? Giannis. At the exact same time, Giannis airballed two free throws. There there was a fight. The fight between Carl and Embiid. They wow. happened exactly. The, I was like, all, all the best big men in the league just <laughs> Great uh, fall down and <laughs> tie their shoes together and fall down. For sure. Um, 
But Bam, yeah, I mean, Bam is uh, is becoming kind of a not a star star, but like a second level star. Um, you know, we can start. He can at least like dream about being an all star, maybe. Um, Possible, certainly in the East. I think he's uh, like one of those immediate sub elite players. Like I don't, I don't know about all star, but he's like he's going to be one of the best like sub all star players. Which and, is, you know, you need those guys. Yeah, and you and you uh, did you pull his defensive stats to 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 your buddy's point about his potential defensive player in the year in the making? Uh, yeah, I mean, last year he, let's see if I, yeah, last year he was one of the better big men defenders, hand, uh, garden, uh, pick and roll ball handlers. So they switched a lot, you know, he, which is something that I never, ever would have expected. And there was a clip that showed up early of, of, uh, him switching on to Steph Curry, which if you had told me when he was at Kentucky, like, Hey, there's going to be times where Bam is going to switch on to freaking Stephen Curry and, and do okay, which nobody can really stop Steph from doing his thing. But, um, yeah, I mean, he That's was surprising. Yeah. I mean, like he the, was one of the best switch defenders in pick and roll in the league. Last well, year. one, one just sort of fleeting glimpse. And it was a big one of that at Kentucky was the play he made to save the game against Wichita state, uh, in the Wasn't NCAA that tournament. He blocked uh, Shamit, right? I think it was another guy who's really rising up in the NBA. Uh, he stepped out past the three-point line and blocked the shot to save that game. Um, yeah. So uh, I mean, he's he showed some glimpses of but glimpses of it. But yeah, I don't I don't think I just really don't think anybody would have predicted that what, what we've seen for Bam. Bam was plus twenty-seven in last night's game. Uh, he's averaging 16, essentially rounding up 16 points, 11 rebounds and five assists a game and, uh, two blocks a game. So he's an over a steal a game, stealing a half a game. He's, he's playing pretty, pretty well at his peak, certainly his NBA peak right now. Yeah. He gets in the right place at the right time. And he's so strong that, you know, if you, if you can do that, if you can be positionally solid like that, that, uh, you're not going to go through him, that's for sure. Uh, he's just he's he's shown me a whole lot, and he's he's starting to spot up a little more. Like he's gotten a little bit better at hitting some of those pick and pop shots. Like uh, he was he was a really good transition player last year. You know, uh, he's he's still got a little bit to go in terms of his shooting, but he offers so much other stuff, and he's just a good guy too. Like I mean, that's a generally a kind of a yes. thing. If the Heat are a really good organization, and if if they like you, if they want to keep you around, um, they just have a really good culture, and that's and a they good love sign. him. I mean, they love Bam, and they love Tyler Hero, and they talk a lot about how those are. They have uh, Spolstra talks a lot about Heat DNA. Miami Heat <laughs> DNA, uh, and he's he's used that talking about both those guys and stuff that I've read. So, and obviously Pat Riley's there and loves Kentucky guys. What was he said? I'm not gonna we're, we're not gonna take any more Duke, Duke players or something like that. <laughs> I don't know how much he was <laughs> he, messing with people, uh, but because of course they have uh, they have Justice Winslow on there too. Yeah, did they have a failed Duke guy that they drafted? I'm trying to think if they mm, did. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's you know a lot of those. So. You know what's really fascinating is in sort of studying like lottery pick comebacks, is, which is what I've been working on lately. I had to go through every single one, which was pretty tedious. I'm not going to lie. But um, jo- uh, Jalil Okafor was a really interesting one to look at. And just to think back about the way these narratives shift, there was a thing that kind of happened where, you know, Okafor was considered the dude for, for a while there. Like, uh, and, and Carl. I mean, he was the he was everybody's number one for seventy five percent of that season. Yeah, 
and it's it's just wild. Now he's battled some injuries, but also he came into a time like the league really shifted in like 2014. I think that was like the year that Steph actually shot like more than 500 threes in a season and shot like 60% overall true shooting. And uh, the league changed when that happened. Yeah. But then, so so he kind of got caught in the middle of that, and then battled injuries and went to a you know a bad organizational kind of a fit. But it's just really wild to see how those things can kind of happen, and and the timelines can send guys different places. Uh, so, but uh, Carl Carl's in a much different place, and Jaleel's you know he's barely hanging on. Uh, yeah, with, it was, with he, he's with the Pelicans now. Yeah. yeah. Um, before we go, you wanted me to tell people about and tell you about Mattress Mac. Oh yeah, this is great. <laughs> so. As I'm watching this World Series, uh, I'm, I'm trying to decide like what I want to happen for Mattress Mac. Uh, and by the, by the time you listen, you'll know. Uh, but he is a mattress king, basically, in Houston, uh, who I, I think has franchises. I forget, Mattress World or something there. And has obviously done very well for himself. He's a million, millionaire. Uh, the last time the Astros were in the World Series, he said, I will re- refund every mattress purchase of over three thousand dollars if the astros win the world series and apparently he sells a lot of mattresses because the story i read said he it cost him like 20 million dollars when they won the world series oh my god and so this year he made the same promise but then he sort of uh, backed himself up by seeking out some sharps in vegas to help him find places that would take enormous bets and he has, and he has bet almost uh, I think thirteen million dollars at different uh, casinos across the country on the Astros to win. Uh, I think at plus two twenty five, so uh, he could recoup his money because he said like I, I I want the Astros to win. I'm rooting for them. They're our team, and I also want to give my customers their money back. It would be awesome, but you know, you know, nobody just has like an extra $20 million slaying around. Yeah. Uh, I think that the, the, like the most recent estimate is if he had to do it this year, it would cost him like 23 or 24 million uh, to pay it all back. I guess there's like a long-term customer in investment there. Like people are going to shop with well, him basically and, and, forever. And, and he makes a great point too in the story, which is like, you can't, like I'm not even sure for twenty million dollars you could buy like the 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 publicity that you've gotten uh, out of this. You no, know? two two random dudes in Kentucky you're talking about, and they're the you know he's he's on like every broadcast on on Fox. I mean, every World Series broadcast are talking about him. You know, he's on every channel. Um, but it's wild. Like if the Astros win this game, <laughs> he 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 both like hits enormously in Vegas and then also immediately has to turn around and basically give all that money away uh, to his customers. So that's, it's a freaking awesome story. I love stuff like that. It really is. So go and uh, go, you know, I, I don't know if they have anything on the athletic about that. If they do read it there, go subscribe to the athletic, subscribe to the ringers YouTube channel for me and uh, follow us on Twitter. Say, Hey, and uh, let us know if you miss Curtis Birch and also, uh, <laughs> Nobody does. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, so give us a shout, and we will see you next time. Later on, guys. You are Locked on Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked on. Don't worry, I won't finish. You get the idea.